What's up, Longhorn fans? Welcome to episode number four of the award-winning Trey and BK on the On Texas Football YouTube channel. Coming up today, we try to pick winners for this weekend's football games, both college and pro. And where are we at in society? It was a very Hitler Halloween for one guy who, not surprisingly, no longer has a job. Before that, we got to get into some $8 Twitter. I finally get to be verified. Are you kidding me? And we start by previewing the big matchup tomorrow between Texas and Kansas State in Manhattan. And we look back on Sam Ellinger's first professional start with the Colts. I am Trey Elling, joined as always by my broadcasting partner in crime, a man formerly known as having the fastest cattle prod this side of Dirty Sixth. He's moved on to fatter and better things in Houston, hosting the Wheelhouse Afternoons on ESPN 97.5. It is Brad Kellner. What's up, BK? How you doing this week? Definitely fatter down here, Trey. There's no doubt about that. And man, both of us sound awful today. It's like you can exchange sicknesses over webcam because both of us are clearly nasally today. Both of us battling flu-like symptoms. So, you know, Michael Jordan had the flu game that everybody talks about. This will be the flu episode of Trey and BK on On Texas Football. So we're hoping for a good one despite being a little bit under the weather. I like that uh, line of thinking there. Does that mean there's going to be a conspiracy theory years from now? If we just knock this one out of the park, it's the best broadcast we've ever done together that people are going to suggest that it was actually food poisoning foisted upon us by the mob in Houston and Cedar Park. Yeah, I did get really drunk last night and lost a bunch of money gambling uh, to try to get the MJ effect. So uh, I can order a pizza real quick from the Domino's or Papa John's app. So we've got another scapegoat, too. So, yeah, we're, we're really adding to the mystique of uh, of today's episode. We're, we're covering all of our bases here. Ooh, hopefully Papa K is okay today. All right, we won't uh, waste too much time on this. I assume that you didn't get into a whole lot on Halloween night. You are a grown man in his uh, late 20s, after all. You don't have kids in tow, although that might not be a bad avenue for you to uh, to meet some single ladies, albeit single ladies with kids. But you, did you do a whole lot on Halloween night? Uh, not on Monday night. Uh, this past weekend, I did a lot. A couple of yeah. parties and dressed up. And I dressed up as a rabbi. I think I'd said this last week where mm -hmm. I was uh, Kanye West mortal enemy. Uh, I wore that to work on Monday. Got some interesting looks uh, from the folks at the office there. But Halloween's a great night if you're a single guy. It really oh, yeah. is. And maybe that's the sickness I'm dealing with. Maybe it stems from uh, celebrating a little bit too much this past weekend. I'm blaming it on Halloween, too. Now, I didn't party necessarily on Monday night. I walked my kids around the neighborhood and they gathered candy, but I started feeling like crap during that walk. So I'm just going to assume one of these little costumed heathens passed a flu along to me that had me feeling like crap on Tuesday, better Wednesday, and continuing to feel better in 100% by the end of the week, even if I sound like I'm holding my nose when I talk. But yeah. I got to tell you, BK, uh, I have proud moments as a parent uh, when my kids eat cereal without milk and make it look like they like it, uh, the fact that they really don't know the type of food served at McDonald's. And I've got another uh, proud point uh, for my kids that happened on Halloween night. They actually volunteered to stop trick-or-treating a little bit after 8 o'clock with about half the candy that they got the previous year. They're like, you know what? We're good. There's all a bunch of other kids around here. They can have that additional candy. We're ready to go. This candy's going to last us for the next six months. And I was like, holy cow, you guys are showing a little bit of restraint here. Your brainwashing has been successful. 
Congratulations. That's a huge moment for you. You were able to brainwash your kids to the point where they didn't even want Halloween candy. And they probably knew they weren't going to get to eat all of it anyways because you were going to take it from them or give them like one piece a week for the rest of the year. So congratulations. The Marinovich Project, that's what you did. Without sports, you just did that with brainwashing your kids to make sure they do what you want them to do. You have succeeded, my friend. Well done. Hold on a second. Are you telling me that I'm the dietary version of Todd Marinovich's dad? <laughs> I think you are. I think you are. I'm expecting a 30 for 30 about this uh, sometime down the road. Now that turned out okay for Todd, right? My kids are going to be all right when they're in their 30s and 40s. I think so. Now they, Todd didn't end up having a good NFL career by any stretch of the imagination. So maybe your kid's uh, eating career will go off the deep end a little bit, but he, he turned out to be a normal functioning adult. Well, I think you're just being nice right now because I just Googled Todd Marinovich. His personal life went off the deep end. Oh, really? okay. Well, it shows how much I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to rethink that strategy, I guess. He's alive? He, uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm afraid to take a look now. God. Because of the label that's been bestowed upon me. This, this show is taking a turn. Todd Marinovich dead. Just Googled. He is? Yes, he's alive. My kids have a chance to be around. In their late 40s. Setting the bar high. Late 40s. Well, you know, uh, times have changed, BK. And uh, unfortunately, times have not changed in Longhorn fans just yet. Or maybe fortunately, things haven't gotten any worse since that loss in Stillwater. Not the worst loss. Oklahoma State uh, was ranked, obviously. They had suffered their first loss the week before. Texas gets a bye after that disappointing defeat in Stillwater. And now they're staring down the barrel of another difficult trip to Manhattan tomorrow, BK. Uh, Kansas State, obviously ranked in the top 15 right now. And playing really good football, too, by the way. I know they lost to TCU a couple weeks ago. That's after they suffered two different injuries at the quarterback position, where they were still cruising after Will Howard came into the game. And they end up absolutely throttling Oklahoma State last weekend, 48 to nothing. Uh, Longhorns, it started as a pick them in Vegas. Longhorns are slight favorites right now based on the money coming in on texas but uh me as a longhorn fan right now i do not feel good about this matchup tomorrow where are you with this one right now what am i missing here trey i mean why are we two and a half point favorites like texas lost to oklahoma state in its most recent game and you just mentioned it k-state beat oklahoma state 48 to nothing in its most recent game i mean that game was never close and k-state did it with a backup quarterback yeah. and they dominated in all three phases last weekend and i watched that game like number one because it was a good game you know, a top 20 matchup in college football. I always try to watch some of those, but of course I was watching it with kind of a scouting eye trying to get prepared for this Texas matchup against K-State. And I was terrified and I'm still terrified. Like, oh my God, I felt worse and worse as K-State scored touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And I know the transitive property doesn't always apply to sports, but I couldn't help but think about, hey, Oklahoma State just beat us and they lost to them by 48. How the hell are we supposed to go into their house and beat them? So really the only thing that gives me hope and confidence in this matchup tomorrow, Trey, is the Vegas line. It mm. looks too good to be true. Yep. And if it looks too good to be true, it usually is too good to be true. We say it all the time. Those casinos don't build themselves. <laughs> so this is the biggest head-scratching line in college and the NFL this weekend, without question. And I've seen so many people take to social media over the last couple of days, and I've gotten a number of texts, people wondering, why the hell is Texas favored in this game on the road. It feels like you're getting free money to bet on K-State plus two and a half. Feels ridiculous. 
that's the one thing that's giving me hope because a line that's too good to be true, uh, that feels too good to be true, usually is too good to be true. So maybe Vegas is onto something, making Texas a road favorite tomorrow. Yeah, you're right about that. The easy money almost, uh, I won't say almost always, but a lot of times it does end up going that other direction. And it's weird also because it started out as a pick and even that seemed a little bit crazy based on how K-State and Texas have both been playing in these various situations this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, maybe the fact that Texas is coming off a bye gives them a little bit of love in Vegas. Maybe the fact that Texas has beaten K-State five years in a row plays into this as well. I mean, even last year when K-State was clearly a better football team than Texas and the Longhorns were on that six-game losing streak going into that regular season finale right after Thanksgiving, Texas still found a way to win. So maybe there's that that factors into the Vegas line as well. But you're right, man. When you look at the way these two teams have been playing really all year long, but especially as of late, uh, it is a big head scratcher that Texas is getting points or excuse me, giving points on the road in the Little Apple. Yeah, we can certainly talk about uh, Deuce Vaughn and his impact on this game. He's maybe my favorite non-Longhorn player in college football this year. I had the pleasure of speaking with him at Big 12 Media Days before the season started. Even better human being than he is a football player. Obviously a Central Texas guy as well. But I think the biggest question uh, facing Longhorn fans right now are the ones that I think is the most important to maybe ask yourself. I've asked it throughout the course of this week, so I want to get your opinion on it now as well, is which of these two Kansas State quarterbacks would you worry more about for this Texas defense? Hasn't been announced just yet, but Adrian Martinez, who obviously missed last week's game, or Will Howard, a guy who has really done a remarkable job evolving at the position. He's always somebody who, for his size, has pretty good athleticism. He's not the fleetest of foot necessarily, but he will rip off runs from time to time. So he had a big one uh, against Texas last year, but he has really come along as a passer this year. And for me, knowing what this Texas secondary has looked at uh, looked like at their worst, Will Howard is the one that concerns me a little bit more right now. What about you, though? I wouldn't be surprised if we see both of these guys mm. on Saturday, right? Like, no word yet on whether or not Martinez is going to be healthy uh, enough to even play. But if he is, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Kleiman goes with both of those guys, whether it's for series by series or they've got a couple of different packages in for whichever guy doesn't technically start. I think I'm with you. Now, dual-threat quarterbacks have given Texas issues in the past. And, yeah, Will Howard can scoot. You mentioned it. But Adrian Martinez, uh, the better runner between those two guys. Nine rushing touchdowns to only four passing touchdowns for him this season. So that element of his game scares me. But Will Howard has been better throwing the football down the field. And he was really freaking good against Oklahoma State. Like, look, we talked about it last week. You know, Quinn Ewers had opportunities against the Cowboys right? Like Sark was able to scheme guys open. Oklahoma State secondary, not nearly as good this year as it was last year. So if Ewers made some of those easy throws that he missed, his numbers could have looked relatively similar to Will Howard's numbers last week. So part of me thinks that, okay, part of Howard's success had to do with just Oklahoma State not having a great back seven this season, but they have four touchdowns, no picks, set a career high in passing yards. He looked really good. So I'm with you. I think I'm with you with the uh, the Texas secondary looking the way that it's looked for the majority of this season and the fact that that guy has some pretty good downfield passing ability and K-State's receivers are doing a good job right now. I think uh, I think Will Howard scares me a little bit more, but either way, uh, both of those guys can create some matchup problems for this Texas defense. How confident are you that Quinn Ewers can look more like the guy in Dallas and less like the guy in Stillwater nearly two weeks ago? 
not confident at all. I yeah. hope he proves me wrong. Um, K-State's got the second-best defense in the conference behind only Iowa State, and we saw how Quinn Ewers looked at times against the Cyclones. I know Texas won that game. They held on for dear life and got it done, but that Cyclone defense gave Quinn Ewers some fits. So you combine playing on the road again, and we saw how bad Ewers was in his first true road game. Like, this is going to be another hostile environment in Manhattan tomorrow. You combine that with a better defense than what he saw in Stillwater a couple of weeks ago, I'm a little bit nervous. I hope he proves me wrong. I've heard good things throughout the course of this week. I know we touched on this last week as well. Uh, Quinn Ewer said he was going to focus on his practice habits and making sure he was doing a little bit more to be more prepared for his next game and more specifically his next game away from home. But I'd be lying, Trey, if I told you I wasn't nervous as hell uh, about Quinn Ewers going up number one on the road and number two against a very, very good defense. Look, generally speaking, I like his stoic nature. But there's such a there's a point where that stoic attitude looks way too much like don't give a crap, where I think it ends up affecting the collective morale of the football team, especially if you're really not putting forth that maximum effort in practice, like was maybe suggested by Quinn earlier this week. I, I'd like to see a little bit more out of him in terms of enthusiasm, good and bad, by the way, like when something doesn't happen well i want to see a little bit of frustration in him it's just like with sark like i like seeing a fierier sark at times now i'm not suggesting he goes the matt campbell level where every time a call goes against iowa state i mean that guy has turned into brian kelly 2.0 i'm worried <laughs> that his head's about to pop but to show a little bit more enthusiasm i think would be beneficial to this team on the whole because you are one of the leaders right now as the tried and true starting quarterback yeah no doubt people are going to be looking for that this weekend. And I think a lot of people agree with you, right? It does look laissez-faire at times for Quinn Ewers. And I know he takes it seriously. I know he cares about it, but doesn't always carry himself to make it look that way. So yeah, uh, we'll see what we get from him. Uh, we'll see what we get from Sark too on Saturday. Cause you brought this stat up a number of times, you know, Sark on the road has not been good and Sark against ranked teams has not been good since taking over the post in Austin last year. Of course, you've got another one of both of those things coming up tomorrow. So a big one for him as well. And I will say this back to Quinn Ewers, K-State has 11 interceptions this season, Trey, as a defense, hmm. all of them have come at home. Oh, very opportunistic at Bill Snyder Family Memorial Stadium. Okay, Quinn Ewers, been a little interception happy this year. Uh, sailed a bunch of throws, 14 overthrows against the Pokes in the last game. Uh, K-State's defense, they feed off of that crowd. Everybody plays better at home. That's Captain Obvious stuff. But it's wild that all 11 of their interceptions this season have come at home. So they've bent a little bit on that side of the football, but they don't break, and they take advantage of seemingly any mistake that you may make. So, yeah, Ewers obviously threw a few picks in Stillwater. There's a chance uh, if he's not sharp with the football tomorrow that uh, we see a couple of more, and that obviously will not bode well for Texas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, it's funny. We've played mostly 11 o'clock and 2.30 starts this year. The two later starts, I think, were LHN broadcast. But I wish this one was middle of the day because, you know, as a guy who's from there and revisits from time to time, that air 
come early November, it starts to become a little bit more frigid and it's a crisp sort of frigid too. Uh, once the daylight hours are over with and it gets into nighttime, the fact that this game starts at six o'clock does not thrill me at all. Uh, knowing what the conditions are going to be for the second half for this team. Yeah, it's going to be a revved up crowd. The conditions could be a factor too, but uh, plenty of time for the E-Malls to get lubed up up there in Manhattan. And there really is nothing to do in that town besides drink. So, no. uh, and oh, by the way, like their sixth street is called Aggieville. Oh, I don't know if you knew wow. that. Like that's their big bar street up there in Manhattan. So you're dealing with those kind of people with nothing to do all day but drink. And they hate Texas just as much as everybody else in the Big 12 hates Texas. And this might be Texas's last ever trip up there in football. So you know they're going to be ramped up and uh, ready to go once we get the sun down tomorrow night. So, yeah, it's it's scary. I mean, Texas has the talent. They do have the talent. They're the more talented team. It's why they're favored. It's why the FBI thinks they're going to win tomorrow. But how many times have we said that over the last decade or so? And the Longhorns still haven't been able to get it done. So, uh, hopefully they can prove me wrong. Hopefully yours is smarter with the football. Obviously you'd love uh, Bijan and Rojo to have big games, to take some of the pressure off Quinn Ewers tomorrow. That, that that goes without saying. I mean, you want that every single game. But, uh, yeah, man, this, this will be a test for this Texas team, another test of metal for this Longhorn bunch who clearly failed. Uh, they failed both road games this year. I know Ewers wasn't a part of the game in Lubbock, but – Everybody else came up short in that one. And we kind of lost the excuse of, oh, if we had Ewers all season long, we'd be, uh, you can't really say that based no. on what happened in Stillwater. So uh, they're going to have to show us something on the road. Hell, we keep harping on the offense. We're going to need to see more from this defense on the road, who's given up 30-plus in both games away. Uh, I can't say away from Austin because obviously the Cotton Bowl's away from Austin. But in true road games, this defense has shown a lot of the same problems we've seen in years past with Bad coverage, missed assignments, missed tackles. Like, you're not going to get away with that against Deuce Vaughn and this K-State team. So the defense is the thing that maybe we should be talking about more. That group has to travel more than they have thus far this year. Yeah, I really don't want to hear communication breakdown once again out of the back ends. Like, you need to figure that out. That's been enough of a problem these last two years that it's time for you to figure out a proper solution. I don't care if there are younger guys in that secondary. We're more than halfway through this season right now, and many of those guys have been in this program for a couple of years. That problem needs to get figured out. Is Gary Patterson going to help coach in this game? I wasn't sure because K-State wears purple. And I know, you know, TCU also wears purple and he doesn't yeah. want to coach in that one. So are we, are we going to have GP tomorrow in Manhattan? Uh, you know, I think we are, if nothing else, to uh, to prep him for what he's going to see from the Texas sideline the following week in Austin and just making sure that he's not having any flashbacks or PTSD or uh, doesn't doesn't desire to just sprint. Well, I say sprint across the field, whatever uh, lumbering across the field as Gary Patterson <laughs> probably would do to uh, try and get back on that TCU sideline in Austin next Saturday. Oh, man. Yeah, that's this is a tough stretch for the Longhorns. Obviously, uh, one that they would like to get and injury injury luck might be on Texas's side. Uh, we obviously talked about the quarterback situation for K-State, but Daniel Green, their best linebacker, did not play last week. Now, they didn't need him. They won for 48 to nothing, but uh, he's still a game-time decision for tomorrow as well. So it'd be nice. It would help the Texas rushing attack if Daniel Green wasn't able to go for K-State. But, man, it's uh, I'm nervous as hell. It's probably sounded that way uh, over the first 20 minutes of the show. I feel like both of us are kind of exuding our lack of confidence that we have in this game, but – yeah, this K-State team is playing some damn good football right now. And, of course, the last time we saw Texas, it was uh, an abject disaster up there on the road in Stillwater. So 
We'll see, man. Uh, an opportunity. The Longhorns still in the Big 12 title race, but if they lose this one, you start to look at tiebreaker scenarios too. And then TCU, oh, by the way, the top team in the conference comes to your place next weekend. Uh, this almost feels like a must-win type of game for Texas to want to get to Arlington at the end of the season. I think that's a fair statement. Uh, speaking of nervous, or probably not nervous, because this guy has ice water in his veins, Sam Ellinger made his first NFL start last weekend and lost a close one to the Washington Commies, 17-16. to Regardless, BK, I know you uh, watched a fair amount of this game. Sam looked really good, considering that it was his first NFL game, including throwing the football down the field, which was one of the big knocks on him coming out of college. Yeah, I wanted to go Robin Williams to Sam Ellinger after the game and just tell him it's not your fault. It's not your <laughs> fault. They didn't lose that game because of Sam Ellinger. He, he no. did a really good job managing the game, which I think is all Frank Reich and the Colts offensive staff was looking for from Sam Ellinger in his debut. And he did lose a fumble in the first half. But outside of that, really smart with the football, made some good throws, made some tight window NFL type of throws. It wasn't a bunch of checkdowns all game long for Sam Ellinger. And the numbers back it up, 17 of 23 for 201 yards. Did a lot of good th uh, things through the air. And I think he did enough. I know they scored 16 points, but I think he did enough for the Colts to win that football game. Uh, credit Washington. Taylor Heineke had an unbelievable last-minute drive. Made some really, really good plays that led to a touchdown and uh, ultimately was the game-winning touchdown, the game-winning extra point that was the difference in the game. So the Colts' defense just couldn't get that final stop to preserve the victory for Sam Ellinger. And also Jonathan Taylor, the, the best player on that Colts team, lost a fumble near the uh, red zone in the second half of that game when the Colts had an opportunity to put up some more points. So wasn't perfect for Sam, but, man, I think he did just about everything the Colts were looking for in his, uh, in his debut, Trey. Yeah, and unfortunately for Sam, the Colts will not have Jonathan Taylor for Sunday's matchup with the Patriots. Boy, Bill Belichick tends to uh, run circles about around uh, novice quarterbacks making their first NFL starts or second NFL starts, as it were. But the Colts traveling to New England on Sunday. No Jonathan Taylor. It's going to be the Deion Jackson show. But then again, uh, Sam Ellinger is never one who has shied away from pressure. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him put up a, another pretty good game this Sunday against Bill Belichick and company. That'd be a big testament to Sam Ellinger if he can do that, because Bill Belichick, like you said, has made a living on feasting on young quarterbacks. Uh, that's just what he does. He dominates rookie quarterbacks. He dominates young quarterbacks. This will be a tough test. Obviously, the first road start for Sam Ellinger and going up against one of the best defensive minds the sport has ever seen. So if he could put together that stat line, I know it wasn't super sexy. You didn't have any touchdowns for Sam, but like if he could just be smart with the football and manage the game, the Colts have an opportunity to keep it close. But that is a tall, tall te uh, test and a big ask for a rookie quarterback making his second career start going up in Foxborough against that team. All right, let's talk a little bit of Twitter now, BK, specifically $8 Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Have you? Okay, first of all, do you have a blue check on your Twitter account right now? No, I've tried a couple of times, but they require things that are well beyond my uh, my scope of importance. So you've actually tried. Uh, what do you have to do? Do you have to apply? I thought like if you're famous or something, you just get the blue check and that's it. They give it to certain people just because... They're like, oh, you're that person. There's going to be a bunch of uh, dummy accounts. I don't have the dummy account. So there is an application process. It was paused for a while, but now the application process is a certain number of followers, a certain number of tweets, or you have to be mentioned in news articles three times in the last six months. Oh, God, that doesn't seem worth it at all. It feels like a lot of hoops to jump through. Uh, well, they've had paid Twitter for a while. It's something called Twitter Blue. 
that I'm not a member of. I don't think you are either, but it gives you access to some features. I think it's $3 a month and you get an undo tweet button. Like after you push tweet, you get 30 seconds to decide whether or not you want to actually post it. You also get the ability to post longer videos and longer audio clips on Twitter and a few other random features like certain color schemes and themes uh, throughout the course of the app. So that's been a thing for a little bit, this Twitter blue. But now Elon Musk has purchased Twitter. I think that's finally final. I feel like I've been hearing about that for years, that that yeah. guy was going to buy Twitter. But I think it's good to go. And what did he pay for it? Like $40 billion or something like that? Yeah. Guy's an idiot. I, I pay $0 for Twitter. He paid 44 bill. Dumbass. I thought he was one of the smartest guys in the world. I don't know what the deal is there. But Elon Musk owns Twitter now. And apparently, you can get a blue check, Trey, for a low, low price of $8 a month. Yeah, you. Damn. And not just you. Like, anybody out there can get that blue check mark on Twitter for 8 bucks a month. Are you interested? I go back and forth on this because even though it is petty, it's just a stupid blue check. I know how much that means. I honestly, I don't ca even care about the uh, the courtesy wave account. That's my personal account, whatever. I know what it means for businesses who are trying to authenticate themselves. So for the books on pod Twitter handle, which has a measly 50 followers or something, I don't even know what that is. It will, uh, it will boost the credibility there a little bit. Now, is that worth $8 a month? I don't know. That kind of feels like a lot. If you were saying $3 a month, which is what Twitter blue currently is, that would, uh, that would be easier to justify, but $8 a month, what else do I get for the $8 a month other than the blue check mark, I guess? Is yeah. I think you get some of those features that I was talking about. The undo tweet. I think you're going to get more of an edit tweet too. Okay. Uh, you'll get the, the access to longer videos and longer audio clips as well. So you will get a few extra features that the average person doesn't have if you're paying $8 a month. But the biggest thing I think is uh, is the blue check and being Twitter verified, which carries a lot of weight with certain people. Half as many ads, priority and replies, mentions and search. Yep. Essential to defeat spam and scams. And you bypass paywalls for publishers willing to work with them. Also a Twitter revenue stream to reward content creators as well. I mean, he's trying to make it worth it for people. I don't know. Yeah. I probably will get suckered into it for like three months. And after three months, it looks like it's a complete waste of money. Then I'll back out. Yeah. That's how he's selling this thing, right? He's like, we got to get rid of the bots. And I, I think just about everybody hates the bots on Twitter, right? There are like way too many of those automated spam accounts. And it, it, uh, I don't want to say it ruins the experience. I still use it all the time and I'm fine with it, but it's annoying. It's a hassle. So he's trying to be like a man of the people, which uh, you're not when you're like the second richest guy in the world. I, get, I think he's the richest guy in the world now. So really hard to uh, relate to us, guy, as much as you are uh, are trying. But I think that's his bit. Like, oh, we got to pay the bills. We got to need, we need this money to uh, try to remove the bots, and we'll see if it works. I did see a funny tweet though from the great Stephen King. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I think there were some reports that this was going to cost twenty bucks a month before we found out that it was eight. Uh, but Stephen King a couple of days ago said $20 a month to keep my blue check. F that they should pay me. If that gets instituted, I'm gone like Enron. That was Stephen King. Uh, yes, yeah, so just some pretty harsh words from him. And Elon Musk responded saying, we need to pay the bill somehow. How about $8? So 
it's oh it, he, he totally baited Stephen King into uh the the uh the snark that he provided. Yeah, exactly. So it's it like, down to eight. Stephen King, look, that's fine if you feel that way. You've been making mediocre novels for a long time now and still charging people uh full price for books to purchase and read those novels. So let's let's uh let's pump the brakes a little bit there, buddy. There's books any good. I can't even read, you know that. His books used to be good. When he's getting wasted all the time before writing, his book on writing is actually really good for uh, for aspiring writers to let them know how he became so proficient at it. But I mean, Family Guy had a joke about this a, a number of years ago now where like Stephen King coming up with new ideas for books. He's just like looking around the room and saying, "Ooh, this plant, this house plant, ooh, it's going to kill everybody. What is he, Ron Burgundy? He's got a little bit of that in him, apparently. According, oh, wait, to that's that's Brick who does that, right? Steve, uh, uh, Steve Carell, Brick, and uh, Ron Burgundy. He looks around the room. I love lamp. I love oh, coffee table. I love. Golf. Is that what? That's what Stephen King has been doing with his books. I love lamp. Oh, uh, yes, I guess so. So maybe Stephen King's next book is going to be uh, some social media overlord who uh, brainwashes everybody and and takes over the planet and then flies everybody to Mars. <sighs> Who knows? Who knows? That might be a true story. Honestly, that, that that might be something that actually does happen in the not too distant future. But I'm out on this. I'm a man of the people. I don't need the blue check. I don't want the blue check. I want to relate and I want to be relatable. OK, I'm a peasant just like the rest of you. Well, that, that sounds mean. But I'm, uh, I'm on the same level. I'm no better than anybody else because of my platform or anything else. So never wanted the blue check. I ain't paying for it. I wouldn't take it for free. I sure as hell. Don't want to pay for it. That's absurd. See, that's one of the reasons why you're the cool guy on the show, and I'm not. I'm only you see the mustache I'm wearing right now. You think this is cool? Okay, so look, I know you've been doing the Movember bit for a while now. Does this go back to your college days? Uh, I think this is post college. I, I, there's no way I could grow any facial hair in college. Okay, so this may have started when you and I are working together because I remember you doing this from the jump, the first November that we were broadcasting this would have been five or six years ago you were doing it and it was a wispy mustache definitely looked uh pretty pedo but it filled in okay by the end of things i think you were having a diet those first couple of years but i gotta tell you that mustache is coming in nicely for three days four days into november bk i will say this i cheated a little bit so it was part of the halloween costume so i think i started last tuesday so the 26th or something so we've got uh what a week a little over a week maybe a week and a half since this thing started so i can't take credit for three or four days i can't say it's that good but it's coming in man it's uh it's coming in i might still diet just for the hell of it just to try to look creepier to uh to everybody in the neighborhood now i live in like an actual neighborhood with a bunch of families and kids so it'll be uh it'll be extra extra creepy for them which is my goal which is why i grow this every year Oh, you got to go Austin hipster with the dye job. Then you got to dye it blue or something. Mm. People out. Should I go with the red? Red, maybe. Maybe go solid white where people are like, oh, my gosh, the guy has a normal colored hair on top of his head and uh, he's completely gray above the lip. Yeah, it's very stressful. All this talking I do in my line of work is very stressful and it, <laughs> it takes its toll on the upper lip. So it's uh, I'm gray there before anywhere else. Having to follow the Texans way too closely. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask about the carpet and the drapes, by the way. You don't want to know the answer to that. Neighbors no, with we kids. Don't. No, no, we don't. It's very all. 
All right. It's uh, time for Coach Mike Gundy to lead into our next bit. Where are we at in society today? Where are we at in society where we bring you some of the strangest stories of modern times? And uh, this week's focus, BK, has to do with Halloween. Now, we joked last week about going as Kanye West for Halloween this year. Seemed like a very bad idea on all counts. I don't know if that's a permanent thing of not being able to dress up like Kanye West for Halloween. I do know this, though. If you are going to dress like Hitler, be prepared for blowback, regardless of what's in your past. And this is a hard lesson that has apparently been learned by a Wisconsin man who wore a Hitler costume, ironically, for Halloween and has now been fired from his job. He's in Wisconsin, has been fired from his job at the Madison children's museum oh man what did he steal the costume from the museum i don't know if they have hitler costumes in children's museums okay yeah it's probably too young i guess to you don't want to be teaching the kids about the holocaust right there's uh, you got to be a little older to learn that, that one that field trip in the dfw area was for us as uh, juniors and seniors in high school boy that's a scary thought though that the, the guy who works at a children's museum, a children's anything is, is wearing that costume on Halloween. That's, that's a bad bit, man. Like you said, that's not like a 2022 thing. That's something that wouldn't have flied in like the fifties, dude. Like no. literally since the end of world war two, that, that has been something that's pretty unacceptable. So uh, yeah, no surprise at all that that guy lost his job for, for doing something as dumb as that. Now, here's the thing, though. You say that it's not acceptable, but there is a sliver of gray area here in terms of dressing like Hitler. Hear me out. Okay. You are of Jewish faith and culture. This is long established now. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like dressing as Hitler for Halloween is your N-word. I feel like, like if there's anybody that can get away with this... <laughs> Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You guys can, right? Oh, man. Uh, I don't think any of us would want to. Um, it'd be very confusing. Like, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that the person wearing the costume was Jewish at all. So you'd probably assume that it's someone being anti-Semitic and not going with the reverse racism. I don't even know what to call that bit. Uh, but I guess if anybody could, it'd be us. But... I don't think any of us want to, Trey. I don't think any of us have ever thought of doing something like that. That, that shows what kind of mind you have. That is, a again, crude, that is your crude sense of humor on full display right there. Again, there is always the exception to the rule. I don't blame uh, anybody for not wanting to dress like that. But Gilbert Gottfried did pull it off a few times when he was still alive. Mm, but he was he doing it for pure, pure stick, uh, shtick's sake. Like what this guy tried to do. This uh, Wisconsin man who apparently had literally had cognitive disabilities. The museum admitted as much and said that they believe that he was making a mockery of the Nazi party's leader and wearing the costume, but the blowback was too great that they still had to fire this guy who has apparently so he was like trying to be funny with it. 
I don't think he, yeah, I mean, I guess he was trying to be funny, but he was also trying to mock Hitler as well. But despite mm. that, I mean, that's, that's one of those things where you have to understand, again, unless you're of the faith, or that's your N-word, yeah. you're not going to get away with it. And even, and even still, you may not get away with it too, but you have a better argument than everybody else does. Yeah, I also have blonde hair and blue eyes, so nobody would believe me if I told them that uh, I was Jewish, even if I tried to use that as, as my defense. Uh, yeah, no, there's better ways to mock that dude than uh, than dressing up like him. Uh, that uh, leads people to believe that you're trying to be him. So did anyone, my question is, did anyone dress up like Indiana Jones and kick his ass at any <laughs> point during Halloween? Uh, that'd be like a, t- a tandem, I don't want to say a couple's bit, but like a two-man bit where one guy's Indiana Jones and one guy's uh, dressed as a Nazi and, and he just kicks his ass in front of everybody. See, that would be great. That would be really good right there. You would have to be in cahoots with somebody else, of course, but that's, I think that's maybe how you get away with it. If you're really trying to get away with something like that and you don't want to put like prosthetics on to really hide your appearance. Yeah. I don't know how you can convince somebody to not only dress up like a Nazi, but also be willing to have their ass get kicked in front of a bunch of people on Halloween. Like that's, that's a tough sell, isn't it? Oh, it takes a complete masochist. No question about that. And, And probably four to five figures worth of cash. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think that's a name your price kind of thing. Not just, uh, yeah, sure. It'll be fun. You might be able to get away with paying a hobo like a couple twenties or maybe a couple hundred bucks. And maybe rickety cricket from it's always sunny in Philadelphia would be, would be down for something like that. I don't even know if a real hobo would do that. Maybe a TV hobo you could, uh, you could convince, but I don't know if anybody walking the streets of Austin or Houston is, is up for that one. Oh, I've seen a few. You think so? I've seen a few that would take that deal. Yeah. yeah. You got a sign that says we'll work. So, you know, there's a, there's a few out there who are constantly screaming on the street corner that was what Hitler did all that bad. BK. Yeah. Oh, there God. are a couple in this town. Oh God. Yeah, those it, people sadly exist. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, I just did a Twitter search for Hitler Halloween. Boy, I hope my Jewish mother does not check my internet search history anytime soon. And it looks like this guy was not the only person who who dressed up as a Nazi for Halloween. So uh, bad bits. There's, all around. there's levels to the bad bit, though. If you dress like a Nazi, that's one level of bad. If you go yeah. ahead Nazi, that is worse. Yeah, it looks like uh, most of the other ones I'm seeing are are non-Hitler related. So I don't know. Not not uh, not the smartest move for any of these guys. And if they did get their ass kicked, I'd be 100 percent on board with it. Where the hell are all these people getting Nazi costumes? They just sell those on Amazon right now? I'm not sure I want to know the answer to that. Well, you got to do the search. You know I can't. Freaking oh, friends are come breaking my door down any minute if I do. That's true. All right, I'll report back. Okay. A little bit later. Uh, so we uh, shift to football picks now, our weekend football picks. It's a season-long bet we have going on. It ends on the Super Bowl, assuming that there's still a match to be had at the Super Bowl. And you are still pretty pretty far behind, BK. You uh, went with a different strategy last week, which was to completely fade yourself for the six games that we picked. And I got to tell you, not a bad strategy. You picked up a game on me. So I'm only nice. up four right now. Okay. What, four, what, was my, what was my record? You know? Uh, your record was three and two, and I was two and three. All right. We'll take it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Your, your record was... Uh, your record was four and three. I'm sorry, four and two, and I was three and three. Okay, got it, got it. So uh, we both, uh, anyhow, we're, we're not going to go into the math right yeah, now. You got, you got one more college game right than I did. Okay, sweet. Um, 
So uh, I'm, I'm because I'm still up for, I want to offer you a deal because I know uh, how the idea of doing five minutes of stand up if you lose this season long bet, I know that makes you shudder. So I want to offer you a different deal. You ready? I'm listening. Instead of having to do five minutes of stand up, you dress like Hitler and go watch me do five minutes of stand up. <laughs> no. Oh man, I thought you actually had a good offer for me. I really did. I That's got a pretty good offer. I just told you. That's your N word. You can get away with it. I'm not ready to be canceled yet. And if I do get canceled, it's not going to be because of that. I've got, right. I've got like a cancel plan, like what I want to do, what I want to say when I'm ready to be done with this industry. But it does not involve dressing up as Hitler and going out in public in Austin, freaking Texas, of all places. <laughs> No, sir. You already have your manifesto written. Uh, not not like you. Okay, but we're uh, we're working on it. We've we've got a couple of ideas brewing. So oh, I think I know something that uh, may work for your five minutes that you'll eventually be doing. Then, yeah, honestly, uh, not a bad idea. Guess I could just end my radio career right there with some of the stuff I say. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right, it's uh, no, it's I, I'm turning it down. Right. not really a, a tough decision either. I, I knew it would be far-fetched, but I thought I'd try. I also thought about offering you the ability to dress like Turkish Hitler, you know, the guy most responsible for the Armenian genocide that happened in the early 1900s. Hmm. But nobody knows who that guy is. You're just dealing with a little bit of cultural appreciation at, uh, appreciation at that point. So well, That's not enough of a punishment to be Turkish Hitler. Turkish Hitler, no. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't well, one, you don't get to get away with that one like I do. But two, I don't think anybody would realize you're dressed like anybody special. They just feel like you're you're being culturally insensitive. Was that the guy's name? Like, you know, the, the German one was Adolf and the Turkish one was his first name was literally Turkish. They just <laughs> had the same last name. That's what I'm going with. Hey, look, it affected yeah. my people. I lost relatives in the Armenian genocide. My great great grandmother had to dress like a male soldier to uh, escape the area at the time to uh, to come to America to meet up with the rest of her family. I couldn't tell you what the guy's name is to save my life. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss or happy that happened. Yeah. All right. <laughs> covered all my bases there. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's an interesting slate in college football this weekend because there are two really good sec matchups. There are a couple of other decent matchups, but BK, we've now seen several weeks in a row where it's just really hard to pick NFL games because it's a lot of mediocrity in the league this year, especially with bye weeks starting up. And that is part of what is catching us this weekend of the NFL. So we've got four college games, two NFL games that we're going to go with. And we start with the biggest on Saturday. Number one, Tennessee at number eight, Georgia, the Bulldogs. Eight point favorites. I'll go first because I'm in the lead. I give you a chance to uh, to hedge on me if you need to. Although, are you going with the fade yourself strategy again? Oh yeah, I had my best week of the season doing okay. that. All right, so I'm picking the uh, I'm picking Tennessee. I don't know if they win outright, but I think they keep it within eight. Okay. Uh, Georgia has been playing better the last few weeks after uh, that close one with Missouri, and uh, ultimately, I think they get the job done, even suffering a big injury on the defensive side of the ball, but. Tennessee has enough of an offensive punch that I do think they keep it a closer game. I think Georgia ends up winning this one by a point to three. 
And this one's going to be a hell of a lot of fun, isn't it? I mean, strength on strength with the Tennessee offense that has been incredible this year, led by Hendon Hooker going up against that vaunted Georgia defense that has seemingly been incredible every year for the last five or six. Uh, you know, I, I think Tennessee is going to cover, so I'm fading myself. I'm going with Georgia minus eight. Uh, like, Tennessee's legit, man. They're really good. Hendon Hooker's been sp so smart with the football. The downfield threat they have with Jalen Hyatt, their run game is good. I mean, they're so balanced offensively. I am a little scared about their secondary, but I haven't seen enough from Stetson Bennett or the Georgia passing attack as of late uh, to feel super confident that if this game gets to a shootout, they're going to be able to go point for point with Tennessee. So I, I really think this is a close game. I could see Tennessee winning, but uh, because I am fading myself, I will take Georgia and uh, lay those eight points. All right, the evening matchup in Baton Rouge, number six, Alabama. They are 13.5-point favorites over a number 10 LSU team that has been resurgent uh, for the better part of the last month. Again, LSU is two touchdown dogs at home right now. Yeah, I'm not betting against Nick Saban and company. Bryce Young is healthy once again. Those receivers are starting to come around. That defense is still its defense. And they have one of, if not the best, backfields in the entire country as well, which is going to go a long ways in helping to neutralize that LSU raucous crowd. So I'm picking the Tide. Yeah, I don't like betting against Nick Saban, so I am today because I'm fading myself. Uh, I'll take LSU plus the points. LSU is not the 10th best team in the country. Uh, the committee gave them a serious favor by ranking them that high. I know the game's in Baton Rouge. I know they can play Alabama close in Death Valley, but uh, the talent gap between these two teams, I think, is too much right now. LSU's front four is really good. Those guys are going to have to have a great day and get pressure on Bryce Young to have a chance. But, uh, I, you know, I, I think the Crimson Tide are going to win. I feel like I'm confusing you. I'm confusing everybody by, like, describing one thing and then picking the exact opposite. But uh, fading myself, give me LSU plus 13 and a half. Number four, Clemson at Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a rough start to the season. They have also uh, started to figure some things out now. The Tigers only three and a half point favorites. Look, I know uh, DJ got benched a couple weeks ago. He is obviously still this team starting quarterback. And I just have a lot of faith in that Clemson defense on the road. I have Clemson winning this game by seven to 10 points. So they do cover that three and a half. Me too. So give me Notre Dame plus okay. three and a half. Boy, this is very easy, and mm -hmm. I'm picking all road covers so far. You've got the home team, so we'll keep uh, keep track of that one. We had the Texas-Kansas State last. The NFL now, the Minnesota Vikings, one of the best team of the NFL. Who thought that would happen before the season started? Uh, they make a big trade just before the deadline earlier this week, uh, boosting the tight end position, which matters especially because Irv Smith is going to be out several weeks now. They are on the road at Washington as a field goal favorite, minus three for the Vikings right now, BK. I guess before we get to the pick in this game, how about the news that broke a couple days ago where Dan Snyder is finally considering selling this football team, which is a great thing for the league and football in general to get that slime ball away from the sport. Well, it's disappointing if you're a fan of one of the three other NFC East teams, because as long as Dan Snyder was running the show in D.C., you felt like Washington was not going to be a factor. Uh, the guy's a scumbag. He's a horrible person, and he should have had to sell the team years ago with some of the stuff that's out there against him. And it's not like allegations. Like, we've got proven things against Dan Snyder, way more than enough evidence to cause him to be removed from the league. So we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I've heard 
reports that he might sell the entirety of the team. I've heard reports that he might sell a minority stake in the team. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he sold like 2% of this thing and still basically was the head honcho there. So uh, I've, I've always assumed forever that that guy was going to find a way to get away and get off with all of this stuff and not have to sell the team. So uh, a bizarre situation for sure, but it, it's better for the league. And obviously if you support that football franchise, uh, you're hoping that sooner rather than later, Dan Snyder's got to get rid of the team. So he's been playing this game of chicken with the other owners in the league in general ever since it was suggested that they hold a vote to try and oust him. I wonder what the straw was that finally convinced him to at least make it look like he's going to sell. Yeah, I wonder if it's what Colts owner Jim Irsay said a couple of weeks ago, where he's basically like, bring it on, dude. I'm not worried about you. Like, We're confident that we can get the votes to oust you from the league. Maybe it was that. Uh, maybe it was all a bluff from Dan Snyder and he didn't actually have any of that ammunition, quote unquote, that he had talked about a couple of weeks ago. So who knows? But yeah, I don't know what the final straw was. Uh, and hell, this could be a bluff here from Dan Snyder. Like he just might be trying to sell tickets and he knows that him maybe selling the team will get people excited about the future of the franchise. So they're going to buy more memorabilia and gear and tickets and go to the games. Uh, who knows? This whole thing could be a bit. So no clue what's going to happen next and no clue what uh, really led to Dan Snyder even consider publicly selling the team. He also said that, you know, he would never change their team name. Like for years, he was steadfast yeah. and never going away from uh, the R words. And sure enough, he's done it twice over the last couple of years, changing their name. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's finally going to happen, but it would be a good day for the NFL and a bad day if you're a Cowboys, Eagles or Giants fan, if uh, if that actually goes down. Maybe Dan Snyder woke up in his bed on his yacht one day and next to him was a severed horse's head with a Redskins helmet on. <laughs> a little Godfather action. A little guard Godfather action. That's right. All right, let's get to the game, though. Vikings, three-point favorites over Washington. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a great feel about this game one way or the other. I'm inclined to say this is an easy one for Minnesota, but it's back to what we talked about earlier. If something seems good too, too good to be true – and you got to go the other way. I guess that's why I just talked myself into the commanders, BK. Uh, Taylor Heineke, he's not physically impressive, but the guy figures out a way to win close games at the end. We're different on this one, too. Uh, I'm going to go with Minnesota, minus three. The Vikings on the road. Uh, I honestly think the Dan Snyder news is going to revitalize that Washington franchise. And I think the fan base is going to be into it. I think it's going to be a great crowd on Sunday. I'm with you on Taylor Heineke. Like he just find ways, finds ways to make games entertaining down the stretch and almost feel like their team's going to rally uh, around the Dan Snyder news. So because of all of that, I'm taking Minnesota on the road, minus three. And finally, we have Tennessee at KC, the Chiefs, 12 and a half point favorites at Arrowhead. Not sure who's starting at quarterback for the Titans in this one, whether it is Malik Henry or whether Ryan Tannehill is going to be back. Regardless, give me the Chiefs to cover this one here. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, yeah, this feels like a lot of points. Yeah, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Tannehill obviously didn't play last week against Houston. He's been limited to practice this week. Malik Willis didn't 
do anything. He didn't look good against the Texans. He didn't have to really do a thing because Derrick Henry ran all over the Texans last week. Uh, this is too big of a line, man. It's too big of a line. Titans have won five games in a row. They're leading the AFC South right now. Uh, I'm, I'm like assuming Tannehill is going to play. Uh, so I think Tennessee would cover the 12 and a half. But uh, once again, fading myself, give me the Chiefs laying the 12 and a half at home. If there is uh, another reason to believe that Tennessee can keep it within 12 and a half, it's that Derrick Henry is looking as good right now as he has since before he suffered that season ending injury. Well, I guess technically it wasn't a season ender, but that uh, that injury that affected more than half a season last year. Yeah, that dude's a monster. A little disappointed that he has gone away with the uh, the lemur coming out of the back of his head haircut. Yeah. Uh, lets it flow a little bit more, but he's he's still the same back, man. That guy is is a monster. He's tough to bring down. He'll be a test for KC's defense, no doubt. All right, and finally, we are to the game that most everybody watching and listening right now cares about. Number 24, Texas at number 13, Kansas State. The Longhorns, two-and-a-half-point favorites. BK and I are having a hard time figuring it out. Having said that, BK... A famous Mark Twain quote once said that there are three types of lies. Lies, damned lies, and statistics. Well, I'm choosing to believe one of those potential lies today because Steve Sarkeesian loses two out of every three games that he plays in conference on the road. Two out of every three games that he loses uh, to an opponent who is ranked. He gets a chance to improve that record on both counts this weekend. And guess what? He's 0-2 on both counts so far this year. It is time for him to win in both circumstances, and they do that <laughs> in Manhattan tomorrow. Longhorns win this one by, I'm going 10 to 14 points on the wow. back John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, and Quinn Ewers doing a better job of making plays, going through his progressions, hitting his receivers short, intermediate, and even deep at times as well. So we extend the win streak to six over the Purple Cats, huh? Who would have thunk six years ago? How about that? Yeah, Texas was 7-10 and against K-State before this five-game win streak started, right? The purple kryptonite hasn't really been a thing. It's been more TCU, I guess, than K-State as of late. We'll obviously have to deal with them next week. So I'm at a crossroads here, Trey. Like, people want me to pick against their team. And if you're watching this, your team is probably Texas. So people want me to pick against the Longhorns, but I'm supposed to be fading myself. And I almost feel like, Fading myself gives me a better opportunity of being right because I went four and two a week ago fading myself. So I don't know what to do. Like, I think this is a wrong team favorite situation. I think K-State's going to win this football game. Uh, They're playing great ball right now. Their defense is legit. What they did last week against Oklahoma State was incredibly impressive. That defense is awesome. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, obviously, a stud. They're they're just really good right now. They're a more disciplined team than Texas at the moment. So – like I think K-State's going to win, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was by the 10 to 14 number that you're talking about with Texas. So do I pick K-State and give the Longhorns a better chance, or do I fade myself and give the Longhorns a better chance? You know what? We got to fade myself. Got to mm. stick to it. Texas, minus two and a half, all on the road. All the numbers that you mentioned, they bounce back, and they get a win and make it six straight over little brother in the state of Kansas. Give me Texas minus two and a half and hope and pray that the uh, fade BK strategy works at least one more day. We have almost certainly guaranteed that they lose this game now. 
I know you tried to talk yourself into this being the right answer. The fact that both of us have Texas winning this game, we're screwed. (laughs) Even if the reasoning is convoluted, yeah, we are completely screwed now. Oh God! Well, hopefully they prove us right in Manhattan tomorrow. It'd be a huge win for a number of reasons. I mean, getting the six wins, sadly, that's a deal now. If you're a Texas football fan, I don't want to call it a big deal, but it's a deal considering what has happened way too often in the last 12 years and uh, a road win, a road win over a ranked team, keeping yourself in big 12 title contention, just a chance to get that awful taste out of their mouth after what happened the last time the Longhorns took the field. Hopefully they've been using that as motivation throughout these last couple of weeks to just try to get some revenge, obviously not on K-State, but just revenge on somebody, just redemption from uh, what happened the last time they took the field. So, Hopefully uh, we're right, and I don't give a damn about the line. Texas can win by one or two. I wouldn't give a damn. Uh, Hopefully they just uh, find a way to win and have a happy flight home from the Little Apple. Hey, and and let's be honest also, to get some positive momentum going, heading into a game with the conference's best team right now, and it's a home game, so you have that advantage working for you, but TCU worries me a little bit more than Kansas State does right now. Yeah, I, I don't think they do. Uh, you know, if, if both games were in Austin, I'd probably agree with you. But because this one's on the road and next week is at home, I yeah. think I'm more worried about this game. But, uh, yeah, I'm nervous about both of them. But these are obviously two huge ones for Texas to try to get to Arlington at the end of the year. Obviously, if they win these two, it doesn't clinch anything. But, you know, being in their position with the tiebreakers over both of those schools would, would be massive, massive, massive for uh, their chances to try to win a Big 12 title. Great show this week, BK. You too, brother. A lot of fun. Thanks to those of you watching and listening right now. If you're watching through the On Texas Football YouTube channel, we greatly appreciate all of those thumbs up to like the episode and also subscribing to the channel itself. For Brad Kellner, I am Trey Elling. It's been another edition of Trey and BK. We will talk to you next Friday. In the meantime, have yourselves a phenomenal weekend and hook them.